good day. This is Corey Morris and welcome to Talk About with Corey Morris. Today we're going to be looking at an Old Testament king. He was one of the kings over the northern tribes of Israel. And we are going to be doing an overview of the life of this king who goes by the name of Ahab. And I think it's a fitting theme that we use the topic portrait of a fleshy man so stick around we're going to be diving into the overview of this man's life if there is ever a clear-cut example of the errors of living in the flesh it is highlighted in the life of ahab one of the kings of the northern tribe of israel who was this ahab one might ask now, Ahab is better known as the husband of one of the most notorious women in the Bible, and that's Jezebel. It's said that Ahab ruled the northern kingdom of Israel for 22 years, and he has been labeled by many as perhaps Israel's worst king. In two passages in the Bible, that's in 1 Kings 16, verse 30 and 33, it is said that Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of the kings before him. And also, it is also said in 33, Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than any, than did all the kings of Israel before him. The Old Testament devotes approximately four chapters of the Bible to Ahab's exploits. His story is told between 1 Kings 18 and 22 this is the most chapters of the bible that is used to describe the events and actions of any other king of the northern kingdom of israel these chapters however are nothing more than a criminal record of the sins for ahab was not a man who walked in the ways of the lord the first sign that Ahab was a man that walked according to the lust of his flesh is the fact that he married Jezebel, daughter of Ithbal, king of Sidon, which was a sin in Israel since the law of God prohibited the marriage of any of the children of Israel with the people of heathen nations. Not only did he marry a heathen woman, but this woman Jezebel brought her strange gods into Israel and caused her husband and many of the Israelites to worship the idol known as Baal. And you can read about that in 1 Kings 16, 31-32. Ahab went as far as to build a temple to Baal in, and in doing this he presented Baal as another god to whom the children of Israel could call on like unto Jehovah God. This practice was in direct violation of God's command that Israel should have no other God than Jehovah. However, Ahab walked in the flesh to do the things that pleased him. He was, taken, he was so taken up with this pagan deity that he built a temple in Baal's honor in Samaria, which included an altar and Asherah pole. 1 Kings 16, 32-33 Ahab's sins were so great that God brought a drought upon the land for three years. It was at the end of these three years that Elijah, the prophet of God, summoned Ahab to Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal to see which God would answer by fire. On Mount Carmel, Ahab saw that Jehovah was the only true God as Baal's worshippers received no answer from their idol. 
However, Elijah's God, Jehovah, responded to his servant's cry and sent fire from heaven. Not only did Jehovah send fire, but on the same day he sent water because the drought that had lasted for three years ended that very same day. Even though Ahab saw God's power on Mount Carmel, his life still stood out in Israel as one that devised evil and oppression. Apart from living in Samaria, Ahab maintained a palace at Jezreel some 21 miles to the north. Adjacent to his palace in Jezreel was a beautiful vineyard owned by a man known only as Naboth. Despite the fact that Naboth owned the vineyard, Ahab being a man that lived only according to his desires, saw it and desired it. When Naboth refused to sell Ahab the vineyard, Ahab's hidden wife Jezebel came up with a plot and through lies and scheming she was able to have Naboth stoned to death. Through Jezebel's evil plan, Ahab was able to acquire the vineyard that his eyes longed for. However, this act of shedding Naboth's innocent blood was the final straw. God sent word through his prophet Elijah that Ahab's entire family was under divine judgment. Both Ahab and Jezebel were condemned to death by Elijah for their continuous evil before the face of Almighty God. So as we come to the main focus of this message, we find Ahab still living according to his own desires and seeking more possession and things. Here we find Ahab designed to acquire Ramat Gilead just as his eyes lusted for Naboth's vineyard. Once again we find Ahab wanting more. The flesh cannot be satisfied. The problem with the flesh is it can never truly be satisfied. Man can only be satisfied by God's spirit. So if we are not seeking after God's spirit, then like Ahab, we will continue to seek satisfaction in the physical things of this world. Isaiah 55 verse 2 says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which satisfy not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Ahab wanted to enlarge his territory, but Ahab did not understand that what his life lacked was not more land. The answer to Ahab's condition could not be fixed with more possessions. Ahab was thirsty, but it was a thirst that only God could satisfy. God had sent out a debt contract on his life. However, this only kept Ahab in check for a short time before he was once again up to his old tricks. Ahab still wanted to expand his physical territories, but there is no sign of him trying to enlarge his spiritual territory. As it is expected of any king, Ahab must have had a lot, but yet he was not satisfied. He still wanted more. More stuff for his flesh, more stuff for his eyes, and more stuff for his pride. The world is a place that seeks to entice believers and draw them away from pursuing God to pursuing more stuff. We must be aware of the dangers of walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. Our life will never be fulfilled outside of our walk in the spirit. The world is a place that seeks to entice believers and draw them away from pursuing God to pursuing more stuff. The Bible says, Don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If anyone loves the world, the Father's love is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life isn't of the Father, but is of the world. The world is passing away with its lust, but he who does God's will will remain forever. 1 John 2, 15-17 My brothers and sisters, those who are listening by this podcast, sometimes we are like Ahab. We are allured by the desires to have more stuff. Sometimes the pull of the world seems stronger than the pull of the church. With the high rise in the cost of things, we cannot deny that there is a genuine need for things, especially money. If you don't believe, allow the next month to come and you cannot find your light bill and you can't find the money to buy your food. Let your cupboard and fridge run empty and you will know that there is a necessity for money. There is a need also for relationship and we also need security. We also need transportation. There isn't a problem with having needs. The problem is when we put the needs of the flesh above the needs of the spirit. The problem occurs when we think that the things our life lacks will bring some lasting satisfaction. But we must know that the flesh can and will never be satisfied. Matthew 6 disclose how the man in the spirit should live. It states, Therefore, don't be anxious, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or with what will we be clothed? For the Gentiles seek after these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Each day has its own sufficiency of evil. I challenge you that the person in the spirit is led by God in every era of his life. Unlike Ahab, the man or woman in the spirit trusts God for his tomorrow. He trusts God for the blessings that he has promised. If God says acquire, he acquires. If God says wait, he waits. And if God says build, he builds. If God says marry, he marries. The life in the spirit conflicts with that of Ahab, the man who lives to fulfill the desire of his flesh. The flesh life caused Ahab to grab the first Jezebel that came along. It is highly likely that Jezebel looks appear to Ahab's flesh. She would have looked good in her body. Ha <laughs> She appeared to be what his flesh desired. However, Ahab's choice to please his flesh destroyed the spiritual life of many. Despite choosing Jezebel, Ahab soon found that he continued to hunger. He hungered after Naboth's vineyard and now he's hungering after Ramoth Gilead. The flesh can never be satisfied. It's not easy to not be covetous and fleshy in this materialistic world. But we have to say like the psalmist in Psalm 143 verse 10. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. The flesh leads to the wrong decisions. So as Ahab continued to pursue his fleshy desires, he turned to the wrong source for advice. You see, Ahab did something that a lot of people do. He surrounded himself with those who were for him, but not those who were for God. So as he considered making an assault on Ramah Gilead, he sought help from King Jehoshaphat. 
the king of the southern tribe of Israel. However, the kings of the south were generally more spiritual than those of the northern tribe. These kings liked to get advice from God in order to know what to do and what not to do. They often sought the advice of the prophets who would give them the directions needed to walk right before God. They wanted to be right in the spirit. So King Josaphat said, I will go with you, Ahab. But God has to give the go ahead first. So he said, let us consult God. This project, this assault on Ramat Gilead is too big to not get God's sanction. This is not like buying bread in the supermarket, my brothers and sisters. Nor is it like putting on a pants or a skirt for work. There are some things that we cannot just run into without hearing what God has to say. It's amazing the decisions we make without consulting God. Some long-term decisions, some permanent decisions we make without getting his input. Be careful what you do without God's advice. So Ahab surrounds himself with some yes men. Some people who always just tell him to do whatever he wants. Do you know that the people who care for you and wish you prosper can be a liability if they are not spiritually connected to God. It's better to be connected with people who might not be too friendly with you, but will tell you what God says. Many of us have an Ahab spirit. If people don't support our foolish decisions, we think they are fighting against us. You see a beautiful wife, but the person in the spirit sees a Jezebel. You see a business venture, but the person in the spirit sees a financial ruin. You see a husband, but the person in the spirit sees that you're about to get into a very difficult relationship. You see prosperity, but the spirit sees death. We must be open to the advice of the spirit, even when it means we have to reverse our decisions and change our minds. Sometimes the price of walking in the flesh can be very high. So because King Jehoshaphat required it, Ahab called in some of his prophets. And as the case with most friends, they decide to just go off the top of their heads without consulting God and begin to tell Ahab that he will be successful and that he will have a great victory. We must be careful of the spirits that speak into our lives because the Bible says that God sent a lying spirit into the mouths of the prophets. When you are not in the spirit, you are not spiritually discerned. So you cannot know what the right decisions are to be made. God will direct those who truly seek him. You see, when you have an association with God, there is something that tells you when things are not right. The scripture says that although 400 prophets proclaimed victory to Ahab, King Jehoshaphat still asked Ahab if he didn't have any other prophets than the 400 who stood before him to prophesy. The church cannot operate without the spirit. The spirit gives discernment. In this day and age, a lot of things look like a genuine church, but it's not. 400 men prophesied, but Jehoshaphat, the king from the southern tribe, the king from Judah, the place of true worship, recognized that something was wrong. Maybe Jehoshaphat thought that these prophets were too quick to prophesy good, too quick to declare victory. Maybe Jehoshaphat wondered, how can God give victory to a wicked man like Ahab? The old idol worshiper, the old conman, the old murderer. The scripture doesn't tell why he asked. The Bible just said he asked 
for another prophet. And indeed, there was yet another prophet. There was one true man of God, but he was placed on the back burner because he wasn't into what was taking place. He didn't always tell the king what he wanted to hear. There are some persons who surround themselves with people who only tell them what they want to hear. They don't like corrections. They are too big, too wealthy, maybe too high. So they think even God must bow to them and tell them what they want to hear. However, this little prophet went against the expectations of the crowd. He alone decided to stand up for what God was saying. They had put him aside because he only spoke that which God would say. They pressured him to go with the crowd, but he decided to only say what God wanted. In this day and age, you have to be brave to walk in the spirit because when the spirit leads you against popular opinion, you can endure and encounter backlash. People can damage your reputation. They can remove you from your posts. In fact, the time is coming when those who stand for God may also be physically harmed. But yet still there is a need for those who are in the spirit to continue to walk in the spirit. It is a difficult task to stand up to the pressure to conform to a system that is operating in the flesh. As they did to this prophet, so too in our days we must face the pressure to conform to the flesh system. That is why the Lord had to encourage us in the Beatitudes. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, 11-12 the church is under pressure from the world to conform to its ways and laws, but we must continue to walk in the spirit. Even in the church, there are many who, have, who are being pressured to come out of the spirit and operate in the flesh. So the one prophet decided to say it as God wanted him to say. They physically abused him. They slapped him in the face and called him a liar. However, despite what might be done to you, continue in the spirit, because when God gets ready, the things of the spirit must show themselves to be true and the things of the flesh must show themselves to be false. So as the story comes to an end in the closing chapter of 1 Kings 22, we find Ahab going out to battle with those who he had surrounded himself with, his well-wishers. Those who never stopped to find out what God was saying. Ahab found himself with his friends, the ones whose advice he always followed. This time it ultimately leads to his ruin. As the man of God said, so it came to pass, Ahab died in battle. It is funny that the one man that Ahab did not want to listen to was the only person who was offering him a way to preserve his life. There's a lot to learn from Ahab's death. First, we as a church in this modern context must desire to walk in the spirit. We must desire to seek God for the answers and walk in the answers. We must begin to check who we have placed in our circle. Whose advice are we putting our trust in? Are they for us or are they for God? If they are for you but not for God, you need to change your circles. You need deliverance from the power of self so you can please God and not people. 
We need deliverance from ourselves so we can give sound advice and not lead people into bad decisions, bad marriages, and bad investments. We can only find success when we walk in the Spirit. We can only please God when we walk in the Spirit. Let us not be like Ahab, a man that lived his life purely to satisfy his flesh. A man who lived for the things that life placed before his eyes. It is time to get back to a spiritual walk. We need an awakening of the spirit. We need our eyes to be open to know what the devil is trying to do to deceive us and to lead us on a path of destruction. How do we get back to a place where we are walking in the spirit and not in the flesh? We have to have a personal encounter with God, a reawakening of our spirit. It calls for the help of the elders and believers who are still connected to God. It's time of losing pride and saying, I need another touch from you, God. It's time for saying that like Baal, some vain things have crept in and they seem more enticing than the God whom I encountered long ago. We have to be honest and say, God, I think I lost my touch. I need another touch. Sometimes life seems as though it wants to drain the spirit of the believer. It wants to extract the anointing. It seems as though we cannot hear clearly anymore. We cannot see in the spirit as we used to. It's time to cry out to God and say, Help me, Jesus. Purge me from my fleshy ways. Deliver me from worldly pleasures. Help me to stand on Christ, the solid rock. God, help. Help us to repent from walking after our own desires. Help us to be obedient to you and you only. Deliver us from our flesh. The things the church used to be able to challenge we seem as though we cannot challenge them anymore. There are few who are being delivered from demonic oppression. There are few who are finding healing through prayer and fasting. There appear to be some strong questions about who are the true prophets of God and those who are not because people prophesying and sometimes it don't come to pass. I believe if we were at the right place, persons would be receiving healing from sicknesses such as cancer. We must return to an authentic walk in the Spirit so the power of the Holy Spirit can return and the idols we have built can be torn down. Is there anyone who desires another touch from God? I invite you to seek His face, walk out of the flesh, walk into the Spirit. God bless you.